0: we <laughs> Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason. What up? It is Chris. And Chris is here. So, Ashley is not feeling well, so she is taking a sick day. Yep. She is a non-healthy scratch this yes. week. She has the uh, woman-like symptoms. as we'll, we'll Correct. Yeah. Lower body injury? Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll say well with that. <laughs> uh, so, we had nothing to talk about again. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's just a normal week in Blues Hockey. It hasn't been a jam-packed week like uh, it has in the past. So uh, it's been kind of a whirlwind week, to say yes. the least. Some
1: downs, some ups, some uh, some changes. But uh, I would say overall a good week for the Blues.
0: Yeah, I think so. Like a uh, rebirth was, isn't that the word? Isn't that the that buzz, that's the the word? Is that that was the buzzword? Quite a bit word? was rebirth. That's the buzzword. That's another thing. Buzzword is another buzzword, basically. Yes, say. that's another thing that's been coming up. So anyway, so. We're gonna go a little different than we normally do because everything happened and we're gonna go kinda of like chronological order yep. compared to what we normally do, where we do game recaps or news first, then game recaps. Uh it's just so much happened and I, I consider it very important. Sure. For the uh franchise. So another funny thing which I'll I I will bring up when we talk about the news where I was like, We've had that many already? Yeah. Isn't that great? I we'll talk about it. But anyway. So first thing is the blues come back out of the all star break. We were actually recording the day of this game. Yes, and you're going to play the Winnipeg Jets. Come out flying. Yep. Are we recording the days. Anyway, what it was, but come out flying. Got a breather. Everybody can regather themselves. Allen be back in it, even though he didn't play. <laughs> he wanted to be in Carter Hutton, I believe. Right? Yep. No, it was uh, it was Allen because he got all the fluky, fluky goals against yeah. him.
1: None of the goals this game, I really think, were Allen's fault.
0: Yeah, I really um, thought he was. I think he played fine. Average? Yeah, I was. Yeah, average was my thing. I think he just made a couple of good saves. Yep. A uh, couple of goofy goals. And, it, yeah, a lot of weird deflection goals are just. I think the bigger problem this game
1: was lack of scoring.
0: Scoring and defense, because the score doesn't really indicate kind of exactly what it was. And uh, with the Blues, unfortunately, fall to the Winnipeg Jets 5 to 3. And at this time, the Blues are at the second wild card. Yep. Are they yeah they were the first wild card and after this game they fall to the second wild card Correct. and winnipeg is a, literally a point on their heels behind you but have like four games in hand which is weird weird but so we'll catch up They'll it catch closes up
1: the and, book on january which is apparently score five goals against the blues month
0: yes hopefully that will not continue in the future but uh so here the blues I like, kind of like start off Okay, I guess you would say like uh, I would
1: say the first period of this game the Blues looked strong. It's what you wanted to see from a team who had 5 days to get right in their head, mend some wounds and kind of refocus for the stretch run of securing a playoff spot. So, you start this game and you think, "Okay, you know, this is this is what we need to see. It's a team that we should beat." Up until the previous game, the previous week, Winnipeg hadn't beaten the Blues in regulation.
0: In seven games, I believe. Going into Eight? this year, yeah, because we were we were like 0-1, we were 0-1-1 this year. Right. Same, yeah. So um, we were doing really well against this team. It was always one-goal games. They're always a close game. Always, yeah. always. But, uh, um,
1: but, you know, as this game went on, you saw the same bad habits start to perk up that we've seen the last few months from this team, Yeah, which was um, very disorganized offense uh, and just sloppy defense. Uh, a lot of hanging Jake Allen out to dry.
0: Yeah. It started off well, at least. Um, Alexander Steen got his ninth of the year, so he's starting to to heat heat up a little bit. bit. So he gets his ninth of the year from Peter Angelo and Stastny at the 3:37 mark. So early on, early goal, we'll take it. Unfortunately, can't hold the lead for the end of the first period. No. These are the ones that kind of kill your momentum. Last-minute goals suck. And this was a wound up being a two on one, and Allen had no chance. No, not um, at all. Basically, it was a four on four at the time. Yep, um, Stastny had a chance to kind of get it in deeper, but tried to make a move instead of passing it mm-hmm. or getting it into the zone. And then I am not sure who the other defenseman was. I want to say Bortuzzo. I think was I actually the there def- because it was Edmondson was the only guy back. And then Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley, two of the probably most talented guys on the other team. Two of the top three, at least. For sure. Uh, have a two on one, execute it perfectly. And Shifley has a nice little tap in for his 23rd ready. Wow, that's kind of crazy. His 23 goals. That's from Wheeler and Tobias Enstrom at the 1929 mark. So, no chance for Allen on that. He say, had a good period going yeah, up to this one. So, he was doing all right. And you're like, hey, let's uh, let's stick with it. It doesn't happen that way. So, uh, Patrick Liney gets his 23rd of the year from Shifley and Morrissey at the 22-second mark of the second that period. That kid
1: is great.
0: Yeah, and he actually missed eight games, too, and he has 23 goals, which is nuts. So, he uh, looks to be, I would say, just as good as Austin Matthews right now. Austin Matthews yep. is playing extremely well right now, but... Patrick Line wasn't a bad consolation prize for the not at uh, all. Uh, Winnipeg not at Jets. All. So definitely somebody for them to build off of. Um, and then unfortunately Nicholas Eilers gets a power play goal. A wicked, it was a nice shot, great shot. It was an awesome shot. Roof's it after a face off loss from Laterra. Um, I was, I know, little, I know. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that's what happened. I'm not. I'm not pointing out like you. Just, I'm just. I bet one of. <laughs> Where you have your seven stages. I'm at the acceptance stage of where it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. If some good happens, fantastic. But, I thought he had a good game that Thursday, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so, Little Hubs so gets the helper on that one at the 553 mark. Like I said, a power play goal. So, 3-1 to one at Winnipeg. Vladimir well, Tarasenko gets a nice shot from the uh, slot. This is like his like, Boy, third that. or fourth goal in a row that's been from that area. Yep. And I'm like, why are teams letting him have that shot? And it happened again on... Uh, foreshadowing tr- against Toronto as yeah. well. Yeah,
1: I don't think they're letting them have it. I think that much like Brett
0: Hall back in the day, good players find the open areas. Yeah, so Tarasenko was a little dry spell and starting to heat back up again too. Yep. So Tarasenko gets his 22nd of the year from Schwartz and another assist for Peter Angelo at the 1908 mark. So going into the third, you're down three to two. So I'm, I even – last year, every time we talked about this in the – Yep past where it's like we never thought this team was out of it and i'm yeah, like so I I'm, sit, I'm sitting there like after all-star game I'm like okay they're gonna come out and fight for this and yeah, whatever i agree and then unfortunately the weird freaking goal yeah, yeah. this sucks um jacob truber gets his fourth of the year from wheeler and cop at the 333 mark it's so pretty much he was moving in from the point and wound up for a shot and wide up was going probably at least two foot wide uh-huh but hit someone's skate and literally redirected to the other side of the net perfectly past Jake Allen. He hadn't... It was one of those No, he was
1: going one way. The puck deflected the exact the other opposite way. way. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, Jake Allen tracked it really well and just did he did his thing. It was good, but... Yep.
1: You know, and, and even with that goal and being down by two, it was early enough where I was like, all right, we get another one here quickly, and we're
0: fine. Yeah. But um, the rest of that period, just, uh, there was, in my opinion, I didn't see the same kind of sense of urgency or... No, I didn't.
1: There was a stretch of about two minutes with like four minutes left in the game Mm. where the Blues really turned up the heat. Yeah. And they didn't didn't get a goal out of it. But I remember thinking, why do we always have to wait to the last four minutes of a game when we're down by multiple goals to play like this? Because you could see there was a couple-minute stretch late in the game where Winnipeg, could not clear the puck. Yeah. And we were cycling and shooting and getting rebounds and stealing the puck back and going into the corners and fighting for the puck and repeat. And the pressure was fantastic and it really seemed like a goal was imminent. It didn't happen, but it's that type of pressure where you couldn't their defenders couldn't get out of the zone and they were getting exhausted. Um it just bums me out that this team seems to wait until it's damn near a lost cause before they do
0: it. Like we say our
1: favorite thing is a uh,
0: hashtag hope goal. Right. Yeah. So and you, I,
1: you you had a feeling like one was coming.
0: Yeah. And which one did, uh, unfortunately, with not much time left, Alex uh, angelo gets his... I'm just doing it to be funny. It's Alex Petrangelo? Yes, we do it to make
1: fun of... Uh, <laughs> Um Pierre, uh, Pierre, Pierre yeah, thank you, yeah. Pierre Maguire. So, so, uh, per- All I could see
0: was the glasses and I'm like, ah, oh, uh, what's his name? That guy talks about people playing junior hockey.
1: I still have a hundred dollar bet on the table for Pierre. Just say his name right one, game. In one team. One game. One game. One game, one game. One game go no without mess
0: messing up his name. I'll give you hundred dollars. Uh Petrangelo gets his eighth of the year from Shattenkirk at Tarasenko This is when the Blues pulled the goal and actually successfully scored a goal. A rebound shot uh from Shattenkirk goes right to Petrangelo from kind of a not a wonky angle, but it was a sharp angle. A very play, sharp angle, and, and he, he put it by. over his shoulder and under the bar. Yeah, it was a very nice shot by uh, Petrangelo. So he's a three-point night here, which is not bad for him coming out of the All-Star break. But unfortunately, the uh, a bad call by the ref. Oh, a terrible call. Uh, the Blues get control after the faceoff, get the puck dumped in, yep. blatantly hits a stick where you could hear it on live TV hit the stick. You could hear it and see it change direction. And it goes down the ice and the ref calls icing on the loose yeah and that and that like the blues were infuriated so of course they're like oh we'll fix it make it at center ice which is not a big deal if you're in the middle of the game right not with six seconds left yeah and then of course uh off the face off uh shifley ties up throws a puck right to blake wheeler who just hurry up and throws it at the net and gets a goal so hit on an empty net 16th of the year from shifley with a uh, as nineteen fifty seven, three seconds left, and the Blues fall five to three. It's so another five goaler there, but uh, kind of a skewed. I don't five feel goal. as bad about this game.
1: However, like we said a bit ago, the team started out strong, and I felt like as the game progressed, the team regressed and fell back into those bad habits that have been plaguing them the last couple of months. And I think that is ultimately. More so than just the loss, yeah. that
0: is what cost Ken Hitchcock his job the next morning. Yep. And so technically that night, it was, it's kind of, and there, here's a lot of stuff. This, the press conference the next day was the most fascinating thing in the world to me. Oh, yeah. Which a lot of people were like, why are you fascinated with this? I was on the Let's Go Blues podcast, yep. uh, Radio, Let's Go radio Blues, Let's Go Blues radio podcast um, that night after he got fired, and we kind of talked about it and I was just saying how the, how interesting the wet thing was because um, it was very candid, and yeah. I thought that's something that Armstrong is not known for, so that's why I thought no. it was very interesting to watch. So Ken Hitchcock is let go after this game. It's announced the next morning, as you said. I was at my desk at work. I went to get a drink of water, come back. My phone blows up from everybody, everybody that I know, are yeah. like hockey. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they actually did it, and I can't believe they actually did it. Mind I didn't you, think we're, they he were going to do it until he passed L. He's one win away from – dying. Ty Nauer, our friend uh, Dominic from White House Hockey is very very was kind of happy. Well, it's, you know, he's, a be, of he's a big fan of lighthouse uh, He's a big fan of Al Arbor. So that's why let's I, be honest, it, it's going to
1: happen. I mean Hitchcock's not done. He's going to pop up somewhere.
0: I don't know about Vegas, but I wouldn't be surprised if another team looks to one hundred percent. He's going to go somewhere, I even saw, if it's for one year. I've seen Colorado as a possibility, Maybe. which I think that would be extra motivation this for year? him. No. no. They just hired Jared Bednar, so I would be surprised with it was Colorado, but I saw a couple of the national guys say Colorado, yeah. which I thought was interesting. He's going to go somewhere. He's known for fixing defensive problems, and yes. that team is.
1: you know, he. I mean, look at how bad Tampa Bay has fallen off this year. I yeah. mean, it, it, there's another team, much like the Blues, that could be in for a bunch of changes. Don't put it past them
0: if, if Tampa Bay goes against Ken Hitchcock. Yep. So I'll take John Cooper. No thing is Mike Yo. So basically Mike Yo is promoted a little bit ahead of schedule here. And Mike Yo's made a head coach. Yep. Um he gets twenty four hours to fix the ship. At least get to start preparing the ship to be fixed yep. at least. So he is uh they have the press conference. About forty minutes long, pretty long press conference. They yeah. have uh Yo come out first and pretty much say what he has to say, you know, like I didn't want to be this way, but, you know, this, I'm a you know, professional. I'm going to go approach the game. Ken taught me a lot. Stuff like, you blah, know, blah, very, blah. very complimentary of Ken Hitchcock. Of course. Uh, Look,
1: I don't think anyone is going to say anything bad about Hitchcock. And the one thing that I liked seeing, and it was echoed, obviously, by what Armstrong said in the conference, but all the social media posts I saw all basically said the same thing, yeah. which was the players did this to Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock didn't do it to Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. That it's time for the players to step
0: up. Yep. Uh, so, like I said, the press conference was extremely fascinating to me. Doug Armstrong is like, crying, like, choked up, yeah. trying to find words a lot. Um, just starts a sentence and trails off and then gathers himself and kind of starts a new thought. Eric basically called Ken Hitchcock his best friend. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was – him and Ken Hitchcock go back to – Hitchcock was the AHL coach for the All-Stars when hit, when uh, Armstrong was the assistant GM for the Stars. So yep. mean, they go back a long, well, long and, way. And keep in mind, even besides the
1: NHL stuff, they're both
0: heavily involved in Hockey Canada. Yeah, so they both – Hitchcock was the assistant coach last uh, last time, and obviously yep. Armstrong's been the GM for the Olympics and the World Cup the last couple yep. of times. So they've been tied, I would say, at the hip to a degree for a long a time, time. You now. So, which is a lot of people's criticism of Doug Armstrong saying that you have too much of a connection that you can't look to see what the real issues are and you can't get by it, which maybe to a degree, like Armstrong uh, comes out, some people's opinion, throws the players under the bus. Fine. Some, Some people's, my opinion, like my personal opinion is maybe a little bit of that, but more it's like, hey man, most of the guys from that team are gone, but... How many times have we gone through coaches, man? And, like, and how many has this team gone through?
1: You know, we, let's go. Let's go back and count them. Kitchen,
0: kitchen. So, Taskmaster.
1: Yep. Uh, Quinville.
0: Well, that's even further back. So let's go. Quinville. Quinville player, kitchen. player, coach. Yeah. Kitchen. kitchen Taskmaster. Murray. Uh, that's more of a Taskmaster too. Let's say Payne. Player, coach, and Hitchcock. Taskmaster. So that's five coaches. Yeah. Am I forgetting anyone? Not since that. Before that, no. Bob Barry before that hey, so. Okay. Well, uh, we're not going that far back, but no. I'm just saying yeah, in recent times, is what I'm right. saying.
1: So, I mean, and look, there's only 3 people left on the team from pre-Hitchcock. And, and technically one is
0: technically one was Perron. who was gone and, who was back. Gone and back again. So, it's like Berglund, Perron and Steen? Steen. Yep. Yeah. Um, so,
1: you know, look, there's been a lot of turnover on this team but the fact remains it seems like a broken record when we talk about blues hockey which is you bring a coach in there's a immediate injection of life uh, of and energy, energy and, and then within a couple years the message gets old the message gets old and they the team just shuts down and i i don't know why that seems to happen here more than other places well i mean i mean,
0: I mean it happens we don't, all over we sports. don't we don't really have the stats of us to say officially it happens but we have a very close team nearby and unfortunately i have to say the chicago blackhawks how many coaches they had since yep. i've had joel quenville and guess what i mean he's had success obviously which helps the situation sure but when they had a couple times when they got knocked out in the first round you know what players didn't sit there and say all oh, the message isn't working anymore right so you don't I, have
1: players coming out going, well, we're confused by the message.
0: Yeah, they're not saying that. And uh, a couple of things from Armstrong's uh, uh, press conference, which the biggest one, which everybody's taken with the biggest one, taking away the, obviously the buzzword phrase, is he said we have too many independent contractors. Yep. Which I thought was – very interesting, and then basically saying uh, they're playing for themselves. He's like, I've seen guy, how guys act when we lose, and then guys act when we win, and what depending on how they do. So if it's basically saying, if somebody lost and say got four points, they were happy about what they did. But if they, if the Blues won and they got zero, zero, they weren't really happy because right. they didn't. Basically, they're out for themselves. They weren't playing for like it says the crest on the front, not the name on the back, yep. which was a theme of. The next night. Yep. Well,
1: uh, honestly, it was even the theme of that night, too. Yeah, so, I mean. Um, The the night before Bobby Plager's official retirement, there was a small reception held for him at Patio's uh, downtown next to Bush Stadium. And it was a really, really cool thing that I was lucky enough to attend thanks to a friend of mine who works for uh, the company that was presenting it. And it was kind of like one of those heritage nights, but... Mm. not to the public. Yeah. And it was uh it was hosted by Chris Kerber and uh <clears throat> it was it was just a, a really really cool uh story time basically of uh Bobby's career. And you know Kelly Chase was there, Nelson Emerson was there. Um Jackman was there. A bunch of the AHL guys from the year that they won the cup in Peoria yeah, were Turner there. Cup, yeah. And um, you know they told stories of Bobby being a coach, and Bobby talked about you know playing with his brothers and things like that. But even at that, there was multiple times where Bobby said, you know, when you play, when we came out and played in those early days, in you know the '60s and into the early '70s, we all played as a family, and you play for your teammates, you play for the fans, you play for your owners. And you play for the crest on the front, not the name on the back. Mm. Um, one of the things that I thought was extraordinarily interesting, and you would never see it in today's any pro sport league, was they talked about the Solomon's. And it's widely known how generous the Solomon's were to the players. Every year, the guy has got a new car
0: mm. uh,
1: and things like that. But at the end of every season, the Solomon's took the entire team, players, coaches. Athletic staff, trainers, everybody. If you were employed by the St. Louis Blues, you went on a week-long paid vacation to Florida as a team. Which is fantastic. With your family. And the Solomons picked up the tab. The other thing, which I thought was extraordinary, was Bobby talked about how every day at practice, when they would stop for lunch, the entire team went to lunch together. It wasn't two or three guys going here, two or three guys going yeah, we'll be here. Click some guys, right? It was everybody. Everybody went together. You didn't go anywhere by yourself. Um, there was a phenomenal story that he told about one night. Um, uh, Tony Twist had just been sent down, and Bobby asked Kelly Chase to pick him up, and you know, kind of give him a pep talk because. The Rivermen were in the middle of like an 18-game winning streak, saying, "Hey, you know we got a good thing going here. I know you're bummed about being set down, but you know don't let it ruin what we got going on here." Well, I guess a bunch of the guys went out as they usually do on Monday nights. It was kind of their thing, and got tanked and got into a fight. And someone and they forgot who it was called Bobby at like three o'clock in the morning, saying, "Uh, Coach, we're in jail." And he goes, "Lose my number," and hung up on him. So the next morning they get to the rink at like 7 a.m. And Bobby goes, first thing, don't ever call me at 3 o'clock in the morning to tell me what's going on. He goes, I don't want to know. Because if I know, i got to tell St. Louis what's going on. So I don't want to know what you're doing. Figure it out yourselves. Get yourselves out of trouble. Don't tell me. So then he goes, everybody on the line. If you had three beers last night, down and back. Whole team goes down and back. If you had six beers last night, go down and back. Whole team goes down and back again. He goes, all right, if you don't remember how many beers you had last night, go down and back. And everybody goes down and back, they said, except for like three guys who Kelly joked, well, they were French Canadians, so they didn't count anyway. (laughs) So Bobby throws everybody off the ice, except for the three guys who didn't go down and back. All you guys who just went down, get into the locker room. We'll talk to you later. And then he ran. The three guys who didn't go for an hour and a half because you should have been with your team.
0: Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome.
1: So that's the type of stuff that, you know, really Bobby hammered home Wednesday night. And then obviously for everyone who was either at the game or watched Watched, on TV, that that was the overarching message. And
0: I don't think that was by accident. Yeah, I really don't because he he made a point during his speech, Bobby's speech, when he had his number raised. Say that twice. That exact phrase twice. Was yeah. in the middle. And the players towards, were out there too. The players were out there, and he, you know, acknowledged them real quickly. Like he acknowledged. Uh, interesting one that was there, which I'm, you know, it's up to Bobby obviously, but Rob Ramage, considering his recent past, right? Yep. Right since he killed a guy, right? He killed a guy, possibly, right? allegedly. What, no was it Magnus something Magnus something I don't remember his name Magnus for Magnuson yeah no no not the strong guy <laughs> not the strong guy but no he had a car accident I, thought he killed I think the so guy. yeah anyway but he pretty much pra- it was like everybody all the guys who have retired numbers yep. Um, his uh, I guess it would be his nephew I guess yes yeah, so who nephew was, his out nephew out nephew was out, he was out there representing for Barkley Gasoff's son was out uh, there Gas Off's son was who's out a retired there, Navy SEAL which is crazy that's awesome yeah. like I didn't even you know, know that I'm glad they brought that up and um. Uh, his whole family out there. Except for Sutter. Sutter was the only one. Not so, there. yeah, Sutter was not the only one. They was the only one. And then, uh, but the people who talked were Stillman had a very good speech. Yes. Uh, basically praising how, at the end of the day, Bobby Plager is a, like the He's definition of – the heart and soul of the blues. Which that was said to every person who was up there. Um, like I said, my story in the past, but I'll say it again since we're actually talking about it. Like I worked down there as an intern for – the year they were awful, the, yeah. the worst year in franchise history. But I got to see every game, so it was it was very cool to see the operation actually happen. Even though Larry Plow didn't really look, make eye contact with me, and uh, who was the president, Mark Sauer, just really kind of just gave I'm us a familiar dirty with him. He, he he gave us a dirty look every time he saw us. So. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, he was. Awesome he gave us a dirty really? look
0: a couple times, and after that, he just had ignored us. I mean, we're just interns. I get it. Right. I get it. You know, so you're a cog in the wheel. Correct, and you know we had that perception, so we're like, oh, okay, one of the people we need to worry about is our boss, who Bruce Affleck, best boss in the world, and uh, just a couple other people who were in the department that we had to talk to. But every day, no matter what game it was, if it was a day game, a night game, a Tuesday game, a Thursday game, a Saturday, whatever game it was, important game against Detroit, or we had the New York Islanders in that game, right. or whatever, um, Bobby Player would come by because we had a little sheet that basically had a list of groups we had to go by and. Hand out cards, they fill out the cards, and then we solicit them for season tickets at a later time. And we give out prizes. he come in and he'd say, how you guys, how you boys doing? And he would shake all our hands, ask, you yeah, got a lot of guys tonight? And he's like, which, uh, a couple times he'd be like, which suite are you guys? Uh, which uh, sweets?'" And I'm like, oh, yeah, we have sweet X, you know, 250 or whatever. He's like, what time are you guys going? And I was like, I don't know. Like, and I was like, well, we probably hit the sweets first, so we'll probably get there about you know, 6, 6.15. Okay, I'll see what I can do. And then every once in a while, depending on if it was a big group or the, it was the massive suite, the ones up high, right? The pinout suite. So yeah, he was like, uh, he's like, he would go in there and he'd be schmoozing up. He's like, hey, come on, and he help us out. He's like, oh, here, help have a. He's like, oh, here's some guys to work with. Fill out these cards. We'll get you some prizes, and he would take pictures, sign autographs, whatever, and just little. Every like, it don't like maybe three times that I can remember. Sure, but he would. The point is, didn't have to do it. No, and, and that's a company man. Thing. And that's the thing is, like, he was just. Loved being a St. Louis Blue, and that's yeah. the, like the thing where I took it away. Where he would always check on us, like almost saw him as much as I saw the other people on the staff that kind of right. ran us. You know, so it was, he's an extremely personal person and a very awesome man and a very deserving of this honor. So I agree, I agree. So he, I was trying to explain to my dad,
1: who my dad likes hockey, but my he, he's not responsible for my love of hockey by any means. And I took him to the game, and he, he's like, You know, was he that good of a player? And I go, He was a fine player. Mm. But I said, He's not getting his jersey retired because of what he did on the ice. He mm. said, He's getting his jersey retired because it's been 50 years of commitment to this team. Yeah, dedication. He's to the legitimately team. done everything you can do in an organization. Yeah. Aside from own it, Yeah. he's done everything and willingly done it. Like, he has given his. Life to this team and this city, yeah, and that's why that number is up in the
0: Raptors. Yeah, and uh, I really thought the other thing that was uh, really cool that he acknowledged uh, Bear Jackman and Rob, when well, Rob Ramage, were the yeah. two that he acknowledged. That I thought were like he's like when I look up there, it's like I'm people might see Plager, but I also see Jackman and Ramage because I thought they pretty much personified what. Like the type of player I was. So when I put some
1: Garth Butcher's going, what about me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> or you go Kravchuk or whoever. Right. Else. But, uh, and the other, uh, the good joke to start, he was like, oh, it was really nice seeing they got to show the four goals. All I, four of my goals. Four, yeah. four goals I scored in the NHL over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Which I thought, so he had a good, his good, very known for his, uh, stories and quips. Boy,
1: there were some salty stories told on Wednesday night.
0: Were there? Oh. Yeah, That's good. Uh, that uh, that's not like a good time. But. Gary Sappin? Sebrin? Sebrin? Yeah. Woo! Really? <laughs> we'll, we'll talk oh. about that later. I,
1: I was at one point wondering if they were going to turn his mic off. <laughs> boy, oh boy.
0: Yeah, but uh, Plager thanked a lot of people, said he's probably missing people. So the big thing we'll talk, the big thing that uh, I think, which made, uh, like I said, some dust in uh, dust in my house. Got a little dusty. So uh, they, they're raising Plager's number up at Stops about mm, 75% of the way up. Yep. And then they put a spotlight on Barkley's number and bring it down and go up together and then – I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me. All right." Yeah, now. it was a little. It was a
1: little dusty in scotch trade too. Uh, my allergies kicked up a little. Yeah, bit. I'm like,
0: "Oh, great. Well, I got to It's one of those where you know, like you're doing the big stretch. You're like trying yeah, to I'm
1: do the big stretch, and something's in my
0: eye. Like right my now. wife, and my wife and daughter were watching something on TV, so I had it on my phone and was watching. And then Chrisy's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "Nothing." Shut up. I'm fine. Watch it. Go <laughs> watch away. TV. I'm like, I can go do laundry. I'm oh, a man. <laughs> I went, up, went in the other room, and I'm like, "Oh." But no, it was nice. But you see, Bobby lost, and a lot of a lot of I'm sure, lot, from what I saw on the social media, a lot of other people were. Oh man, know, a lot like, of the big Blues fans were like, "Oh yeah, it's that it was a tough." Uh, it, it was it was awesome to see, and the very uh, very emotional moment.
1: Whoever was responsible for the idea of bringing Barkley's number down to meet him halfway, yep, You earned your salary. Holy crap! You need to start writing Hollywood
0: movies because like.
1: If that doesn't what, make you feel.
0: What, which I didn't know the song until later. I didn't really know that. But the song, did you, did you recognize that at it all? It was the theme for Band of Brothers, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, like, I didn't know that. Listen to it. i like, oh, music. You know, um, like, whatever. But,
1: I mean, if that doesn't kick you right in the feels, nothing is going to. Yeah. And then I
0: was just like, on social media, I'm like, if you mother effers don't come out and go oh, gangbusters this game. And I had, had the Jersey so night, many. Had the, oh, had the, let's see, the McKenna's night was like a blowout. The yep. Hall night was a blowout. All I
1: could think of in my mind was 6-1. to one.
0: Mind you, those were teams that were awful. But at the same time, it's like, man, you guys have to come out. You got to. Like, you got gotta. to. Uh, we were all like, come on, man, you have to. And I think they did. Uh, you can tell there was definitely a pep in their step. There was. They, the looked,
1: they looked looked cohesive as a unit to start the game even giving up the first goal that was a great shot yeah like i don't put that on i mean on anyone jake made some great saves to start
0: and the, the goal that got early through play, yeah. yeah
1: the goal that got through was just a good goal mm-hmm.
0: there was a uh, early power play that uh i believe it was bozak who was in the slot had a yep. shot and he made a leg save and then uh, I think it was uh, Van Riemsdyk was on the doorstep and had two shots, and uh, Allen stopped him on the doorstep. And I, right there, I'm like, "All right, yeah." Because right there, I'm like, "You haven't seen a Jake Allen say like that in over Mo- a month. about a month." Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "Okay." The
1: well. thing that I liked about Jake Allen's game this game was he cut down a lot on the big rebounds.
0: Yeah, and I could tell his uh, like you could tell positional wise he was really focused on being square. Yes. Uh, so the other thing, which we kind of we did a little glossed over a little bit, with the Ken Hitchcock firing, they also fired goaltending coach Jim Corsi. You got to figure that which coming. that which you have the lowest goals again. You mean you lowest save percentage, one of the highest goals against in the league. Yeah. Um, uh, during the Rutherford chat, uh, he said, kind of let it lead on that there was a disconnect between Jake Allen and Corsi. I would say obviously. And uh, they said that the other, well, I'm like, he was there last year. And part of me is like, well, Alan well, Elliott was in for most of it, so maybe that. But right. they said, of course, he kind of had old school approach, and that I guess, you know, Alan, obviously a younger guy, maybe wasn't connecting that way. Right. So they bring in somebody they already have on staff, Ty Conklin. Right. Because when you think quality goaltending, 98, you think 90, Ty Conklin. So they have 98 wins. 98 career NHL wins for Ty Conklin. Bring him in. Oh, yeah. The other guy who's sitting upstairs, let's bring him down. So Hall of Fame goaltender, soon to be Hall of Fame probably. Most wins all time. Martin Brodeur comes Never down. Never heard of him. Yeah. Decides to they bring him down to be goaltending coach, and he was actually legit on the ice the next day. Which I think is great, and that's something that – Both you know, days for practice, he was on the ice.
1: We talked about this – Was it last year when Brodeur retired and they put him in the front office? Two years ago, yeah. Two years ago. That think about your Blues front office. You have a Hall of Fame defenseman, one of the best ever. Yeah. A Hall of Fame forward, one of the best Best ever. ever. And a soon-to-be Hall of Fame goaltender, arguably the best ever. Yeah. All in your front office.
0: So.
1: That you could could use – To help players when needed. And I think if there was ever a time for Brodeur to be that guy, it's now. He knows Jake. You can see the Martin Brodeur imprint on Jake Allen, the way he played after spending time with Martin Brodeur. Yeah,
0: wasn't sprawling everywhere, just very like... Yep, the way he
1: handles the puck, the way he tries to clear the puck and stick handle Mm -hmm. is very Martin Brodeur. And I think if anyone can get inside Jake's head and straighten him out and get him back
0: on the right track. This is the guy. And then maybe just from a mental type thing too, like nothing against somebody like Jim Corsi cuz obviously he's coached a lot of very good goaltenders. Well, you're doing
1: something right when you have a statistic named after you.
0: Correct. And then but the other thing is like if you, if somebody like Jim Corsi comes along and says teaching me how to play goaltender if I'm actually right. a goalie. But then I see the guy who's been the most successful goaltender in NHL history come down and do it wouldn't your attention be maybe a smidgen more towards the guy who also recently out of the game too? Not like right. He's been...
1: Um, yes and no, because you could point to the Phoenix coyotes and show that that doesn't work when Wayne Gretzky is coach.
0: Correct. But uh, yeah, but it's like goaltending coach compared to like overall coach, I guess. Uh, really. No, I
1: agree. The, the only problem you run into. And again, I think this was the problem with Wayne is when you have someone like Brodor who was that successful and that good, there are certain things that he probably did that he never thought about and was never coached on. It just was natural to him. Yeah. And so when he says, what you need to do is this, and then you can't do that, it's hard for him to explain how to do it because, well, it's just what you do.
0: Yeah. So that was a um, uh, yes. But that
1: being said, like I said, I, I think that you could tell Jake Allen before, Jake Allen after the Brodeur experience from two years ago, his style changed. And he is much more a Brodeur style goalie now than he ever was. And I think this is a perfect marriage
0: to help get Jake back on track. Yeah, so I think that'd be good. So I think Conklin probably a guy who travels with the team. I'm sure Brodeur will kind of be there yeah. is like at home and help out when they're at home. That
1: I'm- said, I still think the blues shop for a goaltender at the deadline to be a stopgap for this year. I still think that you're looking at either Mark Andre Fleury or Ben Bishop. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: think it's cheap. We'll see. Like I mean it all depends on a lot of things, I guess. Shat and Kirk you know, a number of things. So Shattenkirk pretty much other rumor, we'll get we'll get to that we do our rumor. Let's do this okay. game and then will do we'll do our trade rumors after that. So the game, like you said, didn't start the best. Um, mind you, team was hopping. I'll say that much. Oh yes. Team looked like a lot more I would say not running all over the place. The defense laps are still there, so that's going to take time. I'm not trying to say, oh, now everything's fine. No, oh, no, 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 no. Like they're gonna, t- it's going to be a little bit before they kind of get things maybe back to lat- where they were last year. But you can tell there was definitely some different changes along the boards. I seen there was more battle on the boards. There yep. was uh, the defense was a little more active. Like Pareko went end to end on that one. and Almost had a goal.
1: Literally, well, he went in the goal.
0: Yeah, went in the goal. The puck did not go in the goal, no. unfortunately.
1: Player did puck did not.
0: Yeah, so unfortunately the game did not start off the best. Uh, Mitch Marner gets his thirteenth of the year from Tyler Bozak and Van Riemsdyk. This is kind of off like a scramble play, and uh, Edmondson got caught looking at the puck and then yep. not the man, and left Marner, who was a very talented guy, uh, got uh, loose and got a real quick shot off to get five hole on Jake Allen. Yep. Uh, so also. Very quickly, today, which we're recording on Saturday, the 4th, where they're at Pittsburgh, is a deadline for goalies to comply to the new goaltender pants rule, where they're about an inch, inch and a half less. Allen made that change the beginning of the year. Yeah. So maybe, like, if we see more five-hole goals for him this year, maybe that's part of the reason. Who knows? But he already has been complying. So a lot of goalies have not complied to this yet. So who knows if now goalies are a little – and he said the thing that you can tell difference is – is he wasn't used to how quickly – like he's trying to close a five-hole fast enough, I'm phrasing. And uh, it wasn't because of the pads. Because there was literally that much of a difference. Yeah. And he said, so that took a long time to adjust to. So he said not making excuses, but it's one of those things where it took time for me to actually kind of feel that and feel a difference. So uh, that will be interesting to see if maybe you see a lot more five-hole goals from now Possibly. On, or a lot more goals off the sides and stuff. But the Blues get back into it. Uh, Alexander Steen gets his 10th of the year from Shattenkirk and Stastny at the 1758 mark. Uh, so the Blues tied up at one. I think looking pretty good after this uh, period. A lot more jump. The crowd is in it. Um, everybody's playing really well, I thought. I mean, you're sitting there like, okay, well, let's keep moving, keep doing it. And, you know, they get into the second period. And... I was. This is where I was worried, because it's was like, are we going to have the old second period, or are we going to look like we're doing... Well,
1: we did tie it up towards the end of the first, which was good. We did not have to worry about going in, you know, down a goal.
0: Yeah. So, the uh, Blues, I noticed also the four check was very good this game. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if it was just Toronto's defense was not, like, which could be, but they're not a bad team at all. They're a very quick team, I'll say that much. They're very fast. Um. Paul Stastny gets uh, his thirteenth of the year from Steen Petrangelo. This line of uh, Steen, Perron, and Stastny it was great. Was great. Uh, they played fantastic, and they at uh, the six twenty seven mark. Blues go up two to one. Stastny gets one in the slot and just gets it right. Great by pass it. from Perron. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was later. I think. No, no, that was this one. Was that one? No, that was Steen. It says Steen had the assist. You're thinking of later... Maybe it was, Steen. Anyway, anyway there, was a, right. there was
1: a goal that Stassi scored that was a, a, a pass from behind the goal, mm. right out in front, and it was just a tic-tac-toe play. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and it was a g- phenomenal pass, great finish by Stassi.
0: So, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko gets his twenty thirty year off. Uh, this is like less than 30 seconds later. Yeah, next shift. Next shift, uh, he has a puck along the boards and uh, does his normal power move to the middle and... They kind of let him by, not let him by, but he outpowered. Uh, I think it was uh, Marison, Marison, yep. and uh, gets his twenty third from Letera and Pareco at the seven hundred two mark. Give me some of those fantasy points. Uh, so it's three to one, not Tarasenko, Pareco, You have Tarasenko right. and uh, Stasny. And Stastny, oh, that's good for you. I need to. I think I need to pick somebody at Steen. I think. Sorry, can't pick um, him up. Anyway, we'll get this one. Then Pareco gets a goal. Thank you on his power play. Just a quick wrist shot. Yeah, wrist shot. Off a good face-off win, a good keeping by uh, Petrangelo on the point and family Boy, I'm telling you, he did really good. Nice people much crap as we would get Petrangelo about a lot of things. He's gotten a lot better in uh, the offensive zone than he was in the past. Like I think maybe where the defense Shatton has is
1: completely regressed.
0: Yeah, where he seems to kind of regress. Like it seems like Petrangelo is maybe regressed defensively, maybe a smidgen this year because maybe I think he's well, trying good to focus at holding more. The puck in. Yes. And Perkins his fourth of the year, so he's heating up, too. He, remember, he had almost a, over 100 shots where he had a goal, yeah. and now he has four within the last two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so, from Petrangelo and Fabry on the power play at 11.02. So, the Blues, in about five minutes' time, are humming now. Yeah. Up 4-1, to one, playing really well, controlling the game. Allen is making some, the, good saves. some very good saves, and also the ones they need to make, which is yeah. the ones in the last month or so, month and they a half, haven't. that he hasn't. So, that was a very encouraging sign. At this time, the game started very late. Not very late. but About an hour late. About an hour, so it was 8 o'clock. Unfortunately, I had been getting up super early to go to the gym, which is, is something. And I could not finish this game because I was exhausted. But Paul Stasny gets a rebound goal, which was a <laughs> nice play dove and like yeah. knocked it just by uh, Frederick Anderson. a uh, 14th of the year, his second of the game from Pareko and Edmondson at the 12 mark of the third. The Blues go on to win 5-1. to one, two, three, four. Fifth. So we'll take all it. the night celebrating fifth. Number five. So that was very cool to see. And a very kind of, all right, Blues are writing on a high note now. Not high note, but at least feel like we're getting yeah. back to that road where you feel good about the team. I think tonight is a big test. It is
1: easy to get up for a Jersey retirement night and a new coach. Mm-hmm. There's always that initial ejection of adrenaline that pushes you usually to a big win. What do you do game two? Mm-hmm. You now have a team coming into your barn tonight that is the defending Stanley Cup champions who two weeks ago you embarrassed on their ice. Like, you, the Blues took it to Pittsburgh two and weeks Pittsburgh
0: ago. And Pittsburgh only has two losses on home ice. Yeah. Two regular regulation losses, and one of them was that. So Yeah. So, uh,
1: the big question that I think tonight is who's in goal for the Penguins. Um, Murray has started the last eight, I believe. So, rumor is you may
0: see Marc-Andre Fleury in goal tonight. Because they did play last night. They played in uh, Columbus last night. So, there is definitely a possibility that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is in net tonight. So, I'll try to see if I can find Oh, there's Melissa just all hanging out there. What up, girl? (laughs) So... Anyway, so the Blues uh, also made the one transaction they kind of made. Well, they brought brought backup, back up, Barbershop back up. Who I
1: think played fantastic on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I think he they... was moving. That kid was all over the ice. Yeah, here's a quote uh, from today's skate: uh, Pareko on Yo. Even though we won five to one, he's not satisfied. If we want to have a great team, we've got to continue to get better. Which is,
1: do you think? And this is again, and that's Pareco saying because he's not right. a guy
0: that's normal media talking guy. This so.
1: is obviously dumb, but we're gonna we're gonna throw it out there anyway. They were up five to one with a solid like I think twelve minutes left, and they had a lot of opportunities to extend that lead. Stasny says they had no idea. That they had five goals. Do you think they purposely stopped at five?
0: I, I guess I didn't see the game, so as much as I want to say no, but I didn't see the rest of the game. You were there, so I couldn't tell if they like they cranked it back a bit. I don't think that they
1: mailed it in because they were still pushing, but there were a couple of times where I thought they could have lasered one in, and they passed instead of shot maybe I will say in the third period they went on the penalty kill and of the two minutes of penalty kill the Blues had possession of the puck for a solid 60 seconds straight they got the puck uh, on a turnover in the defensive end skated it I believe it was Steen skated it all the way into the offensive zone cycled it back and then passed it all the way back to our zone, to Petro, who just stood there with it for about another 20 seconds, and they passed it back and cycled it back into the offensive zone again and kept Toronto without the puck for a solid, I bet you, 60 seconds of that power play.
0: Mm, Interesting. Yeah, like I said, it looks uh, looks like, I think Fleury's in from what I can tell. It wouldn't surprise me. So... We'll go from there. But uh we'll do a quick uh, trade rumor thing. Sure. Since I heard since of course it's gonna be that time of year and trade rumor. Yep. <laughs> Thank you to the production department again for getting that together so quickly. Yep. So uh basically more Shattenkirk news. Um uh, apparently there's a is a market for Patrick Berglund as well. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure there is right now. So if the Blues decide to deal him, I'm sure they can get some kind of – say mid-round pick probably. Nothing nothing crazy. Mid-level, mid-level prospect, mid-level pick, something like that.
1: You are the cap guru among the two of us. How much money would the Blues probably have to free up
0: to be able to keep Shattenkirk? See, uh, the th- for at the beginning of the next year, you're looking at he's going to – this is going to be his cash-in-in big deal. Right. So he's probably going between six and seven. Right. Probably not, and the blues if he saves the blues, you, they can't pay him more than Petrangelo, who's making about six and a half. So you're looking at six point two five, let's just say. Okay. And the blues, with who they have signed for next year, you have basically Steen's new contract's gonna kick in. Yep. Um and that's a bit of a bump, about a mill or two. And same thing with Allen's Allen. mill or two. So there's four mil that would come off the books. Depending on what you do with Berglund, Berglund's three point seven comes off. Uh, he's done after this year, right? Yeah, he's the only other big UFA we have. Upsh, uh, yeah, Upshaw is the other one that we have, and that's only like about seven hundred thousand, so not much. And I'm sorry, we would probably resign Upshaw. For I would 7, say again 5. for the same contract. I'm sure they would, because he seems like a good team guy and yeah, good good plug on the fourth line. Uh, you don't have too many coming off the books. That means you have to figure out how to get rid of somebody. So, basically, and like I said, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to criticize. But, basically, you have three guys that are pretty much getting getting paid more than they probably should be. Lettera. Laterra, Bo And... You can almost say stasny to a degree, right? But like when you go, when you get somebody in UFA, you overpay. He only has one year left, so I, and he has a no trade, so he ain't going anywhere, right? And same with Easter. The only person you have left is Tank Laterra, but with only um, like what was it under twenty points so far, right? Um, that's going to be one of those deals like what Chicago had to do with Brian Bickle last year with Carolina, where they gave Bickle to Carolina, but they also had to trade pretty much their top young guy, Terra Taravina, with him. For a low pick. Right. It's so basically, take this guy and take this money away from us so we have room to re-sign our guys. Because my thought would be, if you can move Laterra, And then you have RFAs, you have, um, Fabry has one more year left, so he'll have next year be his last year on, right. his, on his ELC. Um, but you have Pareko, who's right. an RFA. And technically, Neil is an RFA too. I think Neil is going to be in Las Vegas next year. Uh, Either Las Vegas or somebody else will take a chance on him. So I just really think at the end of the Um, day, uh, it's going to be hard for him to come And and
1: that being said, I think Yakupov has looked great the last couple games. That dude is fast. He's got great stick handling skills. I think if he was given time to gel with this team in a game situation, he would be a great contributor to this team. He just never got the chance. Yeah. Um, But my thought would be, if... You could find someone to take LaTera in his contract.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Bring up Barbashev full time into, let's say, a third third line. Third zone. line, yeah. Would you then have the money necessary to
0: re-sign Kevin Chatankirk? Probably, but then, of course, like I said, you are creating a hole, so you got to figure out who. As much as I like Barbashev, I don't know he's a. I think he's right now would be a very good third line, like a Berglund. Right, like you'd say you don't sign Berglund here, so there is three point seven there. And so you use that money pretty much to offset, let's say, Steen and uh, Allen's deals. Or you somehow get rid of Hutton, his one-point whatever, and just Brown Copley. I don't think that that's necessarily uh, out of the realm either. I mean, Copley, they, the Chicago Wolves are humming right now. So they're playing very well. So I wouldn't be surprised if – and they have a three-headed monster going on in there that Billy Huso has played well. Uh, Bennington's been in, getting back in games. I think he won the other night. Um, had a close game last night. They lost 3-2, to two and, and Copley was in net. Copley's like 12-5 and something, 12-5-2 right. or something like that, and he's like a 2.3 or something like that. So he's playing well. I mean, the whole team is down there. So you're – looks good on the farm, which is a good thing. It's definitely a good thing sure. for the Blues. So, I mean, uh, if you got those, those – the other thing you could have, either you can use that guy to pull Copley. I don't know. I haven't seen Bennington. But Copley looked good when he had the start up here. To me, the team yep, didn't look I good. I agree. So you could keep him. He's a big prototypical goalie. Maybe he, he's twenty six, twenty seven. That's about time. He's pretty much almost at his. Yeah. I would say what you think he is. Like you know. So I think it's time to. Uh, if you can someone take Carter Hutton, there's a little bit of money. So it's just a matter of. And then Demetri Askin too. Nothing against him, but he's I,
1: been, yeah. You know, he could go. Same and with was, Ty. like I
0: said, same with Ty Raddi. I was like just just somebody take him. Guess what? You think he's eight games in a row now? Nine games I'll in a row. Healthy scratch. So, yep, I'm gonna say I told you so. He was not an NHL player. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, everybody out there thought we wasted an asset. Like, if you're not going to show what you can do, if and if you can't make, move on. if you
1: can't make the top twelve of the Carolina Hurricanes, that's saying something. You got problems.
0: Yep, and the Carolina Hurricanes aren't an awful team, but they're not a good team either. They're yeah. like middle of the pack right now. Yep. Yeah. So that's saying so. That's uh, interesting there. And the, he's the same thing for them. He's gonna be the extra guy. They have injury. They'll bring him in. Yep. Same thing with the blues. Sorry, like DJ Hensick. Anyway, I agree. anyway. So uh the other thing with the Shatkirk like I was saying before we got this minorly sidetracked there, they've had no all the teams that have called right now, it's only been a rental situation. Not a sign and trade, not like, hey, can we sign this guy to an extension type thing? Shat Kirk even said, Well, UFA is right around the corner, so I'm kinda excited about that. Yeah. So he's pretty much looking forward to getting to that process cuz I guess you know a lot of guys don't get to do that. You don't get to go tour with teams and have teams schmooze you to come to their city and stuff and be a big time free agent. He is going to be pretty much the premier free agent if he makes. Oh, it. I would imagine. So as much as people like there it's been funny cuz you can tell there's teams out there probably leaking stuff to national media like oh, some teams said according to James Myrtle, I think was it, or Drager maybe basically said that uh Oh, Shanker's no better than the number five or six guy on most teams. My ass. Uh, and then so like then people like rip Dreger to pieces, and he's like, "Hey, I'm just reporting what other guys said." I'm like, "Yeah." And people are like, "Yeah, I'm sure people leak that so they can drive the price down." Yeah, because Ch- Shanker's in the top ten in scoring for. Yeah. You don't just magically do that. Like, no. Defensively, he yeah you know, he's interesting on the defensive end. Let's put it that way. But the guy can get you out of the zone. Absolutely. Makes, can make really good passes. Absolutely. Can score goals. So, I think I think I've, uh, somebody had a list of, like, in the last six years, who has the most points for defensemen. He, uh, he was number 11. Yeah. And they're talking, like, Carlson, Burns, guys are making $7, 8000000 million a year. Right. Petrangelo doesn't have the points, you know, but he's making that much. So, he's going to cash in. So, basically, the Blues. Oh, yeah.
1: And that's the thing that I've tried to tell people every time they go, well, why wouldn't we keep Shadkirk? And I'm like, it's not a matter of us not wanting to. Of course the Blues want to keep him. They don't have the
0: money, and that's just the fact. They don't have the money. And unfortunately, you have somebody like Gunnarsson, who you'd love to somehow get rid of, and his $2.4 million, but he's got no trade clause, so yeah. he ain't going anywhere. So hopefully Vegas picks him up, because the Blues do not have anybody they have to protect yeah. compared to Chicago who has seven. Seven out of their ten guys they have to protect. And then one of the seven that they don't have to protect is, I think it's six. Then the Panarin's going to be the other guy. So you're talking seven guys already. Like, they're going to lose Darling for sure. I'm 99% sure you're going to lose Scott Darling. Yep. Uh, And they're probably, you know, so anyway. So that's kind of like what's going on right now. The Blues pretty much are not going to be buyers.
1: I wouldn't think so. They're not
0: going to, because people are like, well, Ginla's apparently for deals, so is Duchenne. Ginla brings nothing that the Blues need. Need right now. Like, I, I, mind you. Perfect third line right winger right now. I would like him over. Like I like what Yakupov's been playing, so I'll ride him out. But yep. let's just say Yaskin was there and still doing his thing. I would. I'd rather bring in Gidlow and see what he can do. Sure, but whatever. Matt Duchene,
1: yeah, for sure. But we have. What do we have to give back?
0: We, have, we now, yeah. Yakupov. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen.
1: I mean they'd want that and something else.
0: Yeah, because I mean you got Jakubov for RFA, so they can sign him next year. But he's also how making funny $2 would two million? Dollars. How funny would it be if we send Shattenkirk back to Colorado? That'd be hilarious. Uh, which a lot of people said like, hey, they need some defense, but and the Blues need a center. They have a center. Of the Blues won. They have defensemen that could work out. But you know Shattenkirk probably won't go back there for more than a rental, which they don't need right now. Right. And the price for Duchenne, according to what's been leaked out there by Bob McKenzie. Is a young, established twenty to twenty-four year old NHL ready? So NHL ready or established guy? So you're talking Barbashev or better? I yeah. would say Fabry. That's what you're talking. That's uh, what they're talking. That's what the, honestly like if it was if I was a Colorado fan, that's what I would say.
1: Would you make that deal? No,
0: I like I think Fabry will have a lot to give. If and then I think you just like ha- I like Duchenne, but I'd rather take my chances and see how things go with the expansion draft. Maybe after the expansion draft, if you lose – say you do lose Laterra in the expansion draft, let's just say randomly. That does happen because I don't think he's going to get protected. Um, then you have a hold center, then I think you might have to because you have yeah. a gluttony of left-wingers right now. You can bring back Berglund technically to be a left-winger if you have to. Yeah. You know, so – uh. <sighs> Basically, it's a young established guy, a first round pick, and then a high. It's his high end prospect. So basically, if the Blues are making the deal, it would be Fabry, a first rounder, and Barbashev. That's a big price. Or they want defense. said defenseman for the thing. So probably somebody like Schmaltz or Dunn.
1: I'd give Dunn over Schmaltz.
0: Dunn's having all. He was an all star for there. So he's a lefty. So, maybe that's somebody you would consider as a replacement for maybe Bo during in a couple years when his contract's up, or even Gunnarsson yeah. when he's done in a couple of years. So. Interesting time. So, the Blues are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight uh, on Saturday the 4th here. And then after that, I believe we're going to go on a road soon. Let me double check that. But, so overall with the move, are you okay with the move then? of Ken Hitchcock being out now. I'm
1: fine. I figured it was coming. Um, it's the easiest move for the Blues to make just because we already had Yo in place. Uh, I'm fine with
0: it. Yeah, and some players even came out and said, like, it was awkward and some players said it wasn't. So they can tell there's that maybe that kind of, like they were saying, disconnect with the guys because they said Petrangelo found out the night of, and he talked to Hitch a little bit. But um, that morning, luckily, like I I listen to the Riz show every day. So talking to them, he's supposed to be on their show that day, and he canceled. He's like, I just found out via text when I woke up in the morning. So I got to go to the rink and see what's going on and go from there. So, So some guys found out in the morning. Seems like Petrangelo, maybe, according to Rutherford, Petrangelo is the only player who knew at night. And yeah. most of the guys find out in the morning. I don't know if it was via text or whatever. So who knows what's going to happen. So next week they do their, well, not Western Canada, but Canadian tour. The longest uh, road trip of the year is uh, next starting next week. So Monday at Philly. These are all, all on the road. Philadelphia Monday. Ottawa Tuesday. Toronto Thursday the 9th and then next Saturday is at Montreal then they get a little break for four, three days and on the 15th they play at Detroit which will be the last game at Joe Louis Arena for the St. Louis Blues you know I never made it there yeah that kind of makes me sad I really wanted to the, we, we kind of saw it Damien you kind of thought about it and unfortunately
1: yeah. I've driven I, by it many times it's yeah. dump
0: I mean as well as like a monitor one of those like you just say you were there type thing yeah like I uh, Unfortunately, between moving and then doing our trip this year, got cashed out because I would have loved to, like, fly out for this game and yeah. just go for that night and then come back. For sure. But, unfortunately. so And then they come back home for a game against Vancouver the next night and then back it on the road against the Buffalo Sabres. I heard of them, yeah.
1: Um, it's going to be a long road down the stretch. The Blues are going to spend a lot of time in hotels. Yep. Um I'm very, very intrigued to see how this team plays tonight. And I think.
0: When is your break point? By I mean, break point, I mean when do you say this team should? I say them We both agree. No matter what, they need to sell off Shattenkirk and get billed. You got to. But let's say Berglund or even Upshaw or Berglund. Let's say even. Let's say they come along and say they want somebody um, like. Yakupov or somebody else who they know they're not going to keep or something. I like didn't
1: check the standings this morning. We are out of the playoffs. We are still. Are we a point back? Yeah, because uh, Calgary won. Calgary won in overtime. Um, the deadline is March third. Yep. I would say you have two weeks from today. So that Detroit game.
0: Uh, that'd be the Wednesday of the 15th. So we're talking about the Sabres game. Yeah, the sorry,
1: the 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 game against the Buffalo Sabers. You have to sit down and look in the mirror at that point and see where you're at. Uh, now, the thing right now is we're a point back in the playoffs, but we also have a game in hand. Mm. Um, you need to weigh all that, and at that point, I think, after this Sabres game, do you push or do you restock? Yep. Uh, you have to deal Kevin Shattenkirk. You have to. You're not going to sign him yep. unless you plan on dealing other guys to sign him. No. In which case, you better start making calls now.
0: Yeah, because that's not going to happen. Before
1: teams make other deals. Yep. Um, so really
0: nobody's made deals. That's the crazy thing. No. Not really things that really happened so far. The
1: thing that we've come to know about Doug Armstrong is he doesn't wait till the deadline. Yep. He will start making deals probably
0: next week if there's deals to be made. And also, like you said, the 18th was like your break-even point. The Blues have their, quote-unquote, vacation, which, you know, every team gets like five days. Five days. That starts uh, the they play Florida on the twentieth, and the Blues don't play till in Chicago on the twenty sixth. That's your, so that circle so that's, that date. That's the window right there where I wouldn't I if they decide to sell, and it was like five six days. I wouldn't be. Yeah, cause. I
1: would. I would circle that date. Um, I, I think we've touched on all the players in question. I think Shattenkirk has got to go, just because you're risking the point of him walking and getting nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Letterra is up there. Uh, if there's people who want to take on Burglin, fantastic. Um, everyone else, I don't know, man. Like in a perfect world, you'd be able to free up some money on defense or whatever and and sign Shattenkirk, but I don't think you can bank on that. So I think you're looking at at least Shattenkirk going, if not trying to move someone to upgrade at multiple areas. Look, if we could move Latera, and get something equally good back as far as an asset, not a pick, but a NHL asset. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Yeah. Otherwise, don't move them. Yeah. Unless like, you think, unless you're packing it in for the year.
0: Yeah. Unless a lot of people were saying, if uh, say so you give up like fabric like I said, the deal I was saying for for Colorado for Duchenne, let's say, say hey, you got to take Laterra too and get that because Duchenne's making six or six mil a year, so you got to clear some space. like right. okay, You're taking Laterra too then if you're gonna take. All our young players, you're going to take Laterra too, and get saddled with that much money for the next two years. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we said you said the last couple of podcasts, interesting times. Uh, another quick note, which I had written down, which we kind of I glossed over, unfortunately. A big meeting in New York yesterday regarding yep. the Blues, uh, not the Blues, but the NHL's participation in the next Olympic games. Yep. The guy who basically runs the Winter Olympics, uh, George, uh, I had the name right here, Soros. Soros, maybe I don't know. He is uh, was actually in there. He never come, like, goes to yeah. like meetings, and he actually was there. So uh, players, I think, want to do it. Players, players want to do it. The Olympics want them. It's the NHL owners who don't. Yeah, and it seems because they don't want to stop for a month again. You know,
1: They don't want to stop for a month. They don't want to risk a player getting injured in international play. There's obviously there's many reasons why the owners don't. But I think that much like NBA players playing in the Olympics – the NHL players playing in Olympic hockey is the best thing that's happened to Olympic hockey in a long
0: time. Yeah, and the other discussion was like what would be the process for non nhl players or it's like, would minor league players be available? I think you'd see college and AHL or yeah. juniors. I think or... it'd be juniors and college because I think if you're not under an NHL contract, I think that would be the yeah. thing. So it would be interesting uh, to see. So the Blues, yeah, and then on that third, the day of the uh, deadline, they play at Winnipeg. So who knows what will happen.
1: Well, the the changes have started.
0: Yeah, so the I guess the wheels are turning already. So we'll see if there's any more change. uh, See how the Blues respond to Mike Yo. History has it that the Blue, no matter when there's been a coaching change, they go on a run. No matter what the team is, I mean, it's like you look. uh, uh, Yo was part of the two assistant coach for the last two teams who changed uh, coaches like mid-season. Yep, Uh, and he was on the staff where. Bilesma got fired. Yep, you know, and Mike Sullivan was. I oh know yeah, Bilesma came in. Yep, and he was on. He was on the staff. So kind of interesting. And then he was done with Hitchcock. So it's kind of interesting that uh, that happened as well. So we'll see what uh, happens in the future. So if you want to get a hold of us on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL, I'm at Hossapalooza. and Chris is Ashley Ryan. On the Facebooks at Blues Hockey Podcast. Also, if you want to email us, blueshockeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the website is blueshockeypodcast.net. Also, our last note before we get out of here a jersey note.
1: Yeah, the, uh, the prototype jerseys that the Solomons were wearing the day that the NHL announced that the Blues have a team are for sale now at Scott Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not cheap, they're 215 bucks a piece. Yeah, uh, They have the blue one and the white one. Uh, they are not actually like a jersey, jersey material. Yeah. It's like a very, very heavy T-shirt material, but everything is stitched on. They look great. They're not cheap. Um, but in talking to uh, a woman at Scott Trade, she said that the team ponied up the money themselves to make these. Uh, there's very limited numbers and sizes, but depending on how they sell – they will do a bigger run and have more sizes at that time.
0: Also, don't forget the um, NHL Centennial Museum is downtown. At it's right in front of the public library. So yep, you go check out the Blues display and that dis- and that uh, little uh, thing they have, you have pictures with the Stanley Cup. A lot to go them. tomorrow. And we're going to try and go tomorrow. I think that's the plan. Yep. So as long as everything works out. So and that is it. Hopefully, Ashley's feeling better for tomorrow. If not, it's just me and you probably. All right. So we'll make it. So yeah, a little bit of an hour there. And uh, like I said, we have in a couple weeks, just Bond? I think right now, just Bond confirmed. Okay. So maybe, Jack, if he can swing over anybody. Whoever, we're going to figure out. So he'll be our, uh, our trade deadline special. Sure. So pre-dead trade deadline special. Correct. That's the 25th, yeah. So, yeah, that week we had nothing really to talk about, so I figure we'll have somebody come in and kind of go over games, yep. talk about what the, they're up to. I think I saw Jackson, a new band. Jackson, the new band. Yeah, I yep. saw that. The and Bob's obviously, in Hushless. So. Yeah, Hushless. So we can talk about that. So we're going to have a, some interesting stuff coming up. I think we have a couple other guests which we're working on. I know we tried. Talk, I know we talked. I know I talked to Kelly and she wants to come on. Yep. I like talking to Kelly because she's like she's crazy. Yeah, so that's why I like talking. She's to She's a her. homer. Yeah, that's why I love talking to people like that. And There's just like, fantastic. Oh, I I I want to tell you this real quick because I know I'm rambling right now. Okay. Uh, so I decided to leave. I always join those stupid Facebook groups, like the Blues Lounge and oh, all that stuff, just right. so, if, entertainment value. Sure. So uh, some dude was just like mother effing, like Ken Hitchcock, call him like a fat loser and of all that stuff. You know, like, because, you know, that's you're not like the fourth most successful coach of all time. right? Whatever. So uh, I said something. I'm like, oh, way to keep it classy. And he's like, since I'm going to go start going off on me and he's and it's basically the same thing back to me. Like, yo, yo, you're a fat motherfucker too, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool, man. One reason for me to leave this group. And so, of course, I like hit up the admins and stuff. And they're like, freedom of speech, bro. <sighs> so screw you as groups. It wasn't the lounge. I'll say that much. It was not the Lose Lounge. How many lot. people
1: were asking about, dude,
0: Ovechkin trades? <laughs> not yet. Oh, we're getting it. Austin Matthews. Got him. <sighs> getting him. I know. Good times, but I'll say that much. Fun times, as always, on the Facebook groups. Social media and the idiots. Oh, man. It's one of those things pages. where I'm getting very close to just like just trying to minimize. I had to possible. get away from all the Blues fan pages. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Because just,
1: it's just...
0: There are, are legit guys there, but I would say there's 95% idiots. So.
1: It's true. There is a guy on the NHL Trash Talk page who is a Minnesota fan who is acting every day like the Minnesota Wild
0: already won the Stanley Cup. That's awesome. Fantastic. Alright, we'll leave it there and then we'll talk to you guys uh, next week. See ya.